This episode of the Bar Star Podcast is proudly brought to you by Louisville Music Studios. Located at 4220 Trio Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. Zip code is 40219. And the phone number for booking is 502-693-7462. Louisville Music Studios is awesome. That is where my home base is for my new secret project. And uh, they have been amazing. The staff is amazing. David Payne has worked on a really, really cool concept and brought it to life. Uh, And he is constantly making changes over there. It's an awesome place. You guys need to go check it out because not only is it an awesome place, but they're giving away something for free. David and I had a conversation and he decided to extend our offer with a two-hour minimum. If you call that number for booking to book some rehearsal time, you will get your first hour for free. Free shit. Who doesn't like free shit? We're musicians. Most of us are broke. So check them out. If you have not checked out Louisville Music Studios yet, you need to. Like I've said before, you can go in and rehearse for a couple hours. You can rehearse for an afternoon. You can set up a monthly rental so you can have a home base to work on I don't know secret projects whatever you want to so Louisville Music Studios is awesome you need to go check them out staff is amazing the gear is amazing the room is amazing I love them they love me and uh, everything is just sunshine and fucking puppies oh yeah enjoy this episode of the show The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly is a podcast about working musicians their friends and their opinions Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys once again for coming back to hang out with my stupid ass and whatever I've got going on. You guys have been supporting me from the beginning. I appreciate it. As always, I appreciate the reviews and the ratings. Keep them coming. It feeds my ego. Makes me happy, but it also feeds my ego. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody is doing well. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Please make sure you check out my sponsor, Privacy Inc., located in the ultra-fabulous Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Go in the shop, mention the Bar Star Podcast. You will get 10% off your tattoo by any artist in the shop, not just Travis. Also, make sure you check out my other sponsor, Louisville Music Studios, located at 4220 Trio Avenue. Uh, Dave's got some really cool shit going on over there, so you guys want to get in as soon as you can. Go check it out. Go see what he's doing. Him and the staff have done some really, really cool things. Justin and Keith are always kicking ass, so you need to go over there and check it out. If you call the number for booking, you mention the Bar Star Podcast, the show that you're listening to right now. Oh my God, it's so cute. With a two-hour minimum, you will get your first hour of rehearsal time for free. So make sure you check them out. And please, please, please make sure you go to my website and use the door to Amazon. 
They just give me a little bit of a kickback to help out the show because I do bring you this show for free every week. Now, all the biz snatch is out of the way. Today on the show, I have a conversation with a one Mr. Jimmy Lee King. A lot of you probably have no fucking idea who Jimmy Lee King is, but you're about to. Uh, Jimmy, I met Jimmy, I guess about a month ago. I was referred to him by our good friend, Dave Moody. What's up, Dave? And Jimmy is the bass player and the one of the founding members for a band out of Cincinnati called the Naked Karate Girls. Naked Karate Girls, which is a fucking great name. The Naked Karate Girls are a premier party band. There's no other way to say it. They have got their shit together. They've got their their stage show on point. They've got their songs together. They're a, a fucking phenomenal band. There's no other way to say it. I really dig what they're doing. They've been around for almost 11 years, uh, based out of Cincinnati. And they do public, private, corporate weddings. They do it all. Great band. And what they have done is they have franchised themselves. So there's two versions of the band. And for a few weeks now, I've been telling you guys that I have been covered up and been so busy that I can't see straight. Well, last week, I actually went to Cincinnati and played a gig with the Naked Karate Girls at the uh, Go Sports Stadium there in Cincinnati. Fuck ever it is. Jimmy tells me what it is when we're having our conversation, so you'll figure it out in a minute. But it uh, it was a mountain of work. And it's been a long time since I have been pushed that hard. And it's not, it wasn't so much that there was that many songs. It was the way that they structure their songs. Uh, For my Louisville people, if you guys remember Jefferson Tark Bus, yes, Dave, I'm talking about us again. Um, We had these medleys where we would string a few songs together and, they, they were all pretty much coherent and as far as they were kind of the same groove all the way through and and they had pretty much the same meter all the way through, meter being Tempo Kids. And it was really cool and people dug it. What Naked Karate Girls have done, they have taken that concept to a whole nother level. And they have quite a few medleys and one of them I dubbed Mount Everest because that son of a bitch was hard for me to climb. It is all over the place. It all fits, it all works, and it's really, really cool, but it's all over the place, and it's all played to a click. Uh, And the click tempos are different for each song. And then there's a few songs in there that are halftime. So it was really, really difficult. It challenged the shit out of me, and I'm so glad that it did. Um, It made me have to work for some shit and it made me realize that I haven't been working for a whole lot as far as my drums go so it humbled me a lot I would never say that I'm super arrogant but I I am kind of arrogant sometimes I I admit it I know I am I'm nothing I fucking try to hide but it did make me kind of take a step back and go wow fucker you have a lot of work to do it was also good because in the middle of learning all the Naked Karate Girl stuff, I was still practicing with my <gasps> secret project. And at one point during one of the rehearsals, one of my guitar players looked at me and asked me if, if I had received extra loving from my wife. And I asked him why, and he said, well, because you're, you're really, really comfortable 
more comfortable than you normally are. And that was just kind of because I had put so many hours behind my rig to make sure I didn't fuck this gig up, honestly. Uh, like I said, it was a hard gig. It was really, really, really fun. Uh, it was awesome. I'm not going to tell you if everything worked out yet uh, because Jimmy and I addressed that in this episode when we're having our conversation. I will give you the short version. About a month ago, I went up there to audition, got the gig, and then the day of the gig, which was March 1st, uh, a week ago, the day of the gig, I actually drove to Cincinnati in the morning. We did one rehearsal, didn't even play all the songs that I had learned, and then we went and did the gig. But you'll have to wait till the end of the episode to find out how I did. Just because I'm an asshole. And because Jimmy and I talk about it in our conversation. But if you have not heard of the Naked Karate Girls, you need to find them. You need to look them up. You need to follow them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitface and any other shit they have. Their website, all that stuff, which will be in the show notes. I will put that in the show notes, so make sure you guys go check them out. Check all their stuff out. And uh, I don't really have anything else to say right now, so I will see you. I don't know why I say I will see you, because I actually don't fucking see any of you. You will hear me on the other side of my conversation with a one Mr. Jimmy Lee King. We are going. Oh, look at all the pretty numbers. Like them. You want to see him? No, don't don't look. No. No, I don't want you to look. So we are, where the fuck are we actually? Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh yeah, that Go Sports thing. The big, um, the big uh, team, the big, you know, local football team in Cincinnati. Go Sports thing. <laughs> I hate sports. You don't know this about me, but now you know. You, you hate all sports, really? Mm-hmm, I do. There's not a sport you like? Nope. I couldn't take you to like a NASCAR race and you enjoy that at all? Nope. That's a, I, that might be a little too much energy towards it because I don't, now, I don't follow like ball sports that much, but I really can appreciate racing. Now I like drag racing. Well, see, but I don't think I don't consider drag racing a sport. Well, what is a sport to you? Anything that involves physical activity. Well, over exertion of physical activity. I think that might be one explanation of it or a definition. But what about just the idea of pure just competition? Two forces competing against each other. The reason why I like racing is mm-hmm. because of that. Because those guys who want to make more money, right. they have to race and finish better. Oh, for sure. And that's that's why I like racing. I, compared I to just that. getting paid some huge amount of money, you know, to run around. And I mean, and trust me, I mean, there's, I mean, I, I really appreciate somebody like a LeBron James. Because oh, I can't do anything those guys can do. Well, no, I couldn't either. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'd be fun to try though, wouldn't it? I if know. I could somehow get get LeBron James and me, me on a field together, <laughs> a field, a court together, um, I bet it'd be pretty funny. Um, but no, I can appreciate Probably. the fact that anybody is that good at anything. Now, that part of it I, I do appreciate. I think what bothers me about sports, honestly, is the majority of the fans. There is something inherently fucking weird about a grown man screaming at a television. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. When Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500, mm-hmm. I was literally standing in front of my TV, screaming at it. I was the, I was doing that. 
Dale Earnhardt. You don't like me anymore. All right, this show's <laughs> over. See you. Bye. We're out of here. Man, I mean, but this backstory behind Dale Earnhardt running his whole life, mm-hmm. 20 years he tried to win the Daytona 500, and finally he was going to win this thing. And I, it's, that's Dale Earnhardt uh, is a reason why, big reason why I liked car racing, because if you watch anything, any kind of sport or competition of any sort, it's not so much even more the competition that you really start getting a vibe about people. Right. And Dale Earnhardt, you know, was just this kind of cool dude who he wasn't doing it for sponsorship and wasn't doing it for corporate. He was just doing it because he loved it. Right. And anybody that's that, you know, you can just, you can just tell it's just so genuine. And the there's something to be learned. passion was real. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be learned and, and you know, felt from, from that in life, you know. And, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with whatever you're into. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't judge people or I don't go, oh, you're an yeah. idiot because you like so-and-so. It's just not for me. Right. I just can't deal with it. Got it. And I think it's also, again, it goes, for me, it kind of goes back to the quote-unquote average sports fan. It's the male bravado and all that bullshit that I just don't care about. Yeah. I, I don't think I care about anything about it either. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Like if somebody would have sit down and if I was open-minded enough, I'd freely admit it, and sat down with me and explained how everything works, I'd go, oh, that's fucking cool. Probably still yeah. wouldn't dig it, but I would at least understand the design of it and how it all works. That would be a lot different. Yeah. And guess what we forgot to do? I don't know. Uh, who the hell are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with my new buddy, Jimmy King. From the band Naked Karate Girls. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. I actually my I go by Jimmy Lee King. Oh, yeah. And um, but I mean, you can still call me Jimmy King, and you'll probably get me to answer. What you won't get me to answer to is Jim. I was in a band with a with a, a, a drummer named Jim, and so people got to where they would call me Jimmy and Jim very specifically. Oh, gotcha. Because they were trying to separate it. So when somebody says Jim, you don't even pay attention. I do not pay attention. I just don't hear it. Doesn't register. Doesn't register. There's only there's only one person that gets away with that, and that's uh, I got a friend in California. His name's uh, Kenny, and he sometimes calls me Jim, and I. I can hear his voice, but that's because he's been calling me that since right. we were in middle school. Right. But most people, if they were to say Jim, I just wouldn't hear it. It just wouldn't register. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But so, Jimmy Lee King, that's that's the name. Well, you're in my phone as Jimmy King, and I'm not changing it. Well, that's I, I'm okay with that. That's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I don't even think they offer the middle names, do they? No, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I can put shit tons of names in mine. Like, I, I so when I was teaching, I would have so and so's student's name, and right. I would have so and so's mom, or so and so's babysitter. Yeah. And I could just keep going like with first last name and the description. <laughs> like, like I can write you. a book on my phone. It's ridiculous. For the longest time, I had you in my phone as Stephen Drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I just this last it's week okay. changed it. You know, we know why I changed it is so I could do a group text. With you and the other guys, did because you, I didn't want to put Stephen Drummer. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have given a shit. But did you change the spelling? I, I did. I changed the spelling and everything. Thanks. Yeah. I, I threw you that subtle hint in that last text. <laughs> I didn't know if he caught it or not. Oh shit, that's a wrong spelling. Is yeah. it? Oh wait a minute, that's what you mean. I actually had wrong spelling. Yeah, you spelled it with a ph. Well, hell. That spells. Oh, that is not my fault. That's how your name was sent to me. So I'm going to blame that on. <laughs> On Dave Moody. I'll blame not anybody right now. Oh, we'll blame anything on Dave Moody. Which, speaking of Dave Moody, he is how you and I met. He was the person who referred 
You to me. That is correct. Mm-hmm. And for my listeners that have been with me hearing me complain, not really complaining, but bitching and not really bitching, we'll call it covered up with work and I haven't said anything. I am actually playing with you guys tonight. That is correct. At the stadium. We are at Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah. And you're, we're doing a big corporate show for a, um, for a corporate uh, client. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a real interesting situation because you you came up and played with us once just to kind of see if it's something you want to do and we all kind of meshed right <clears throat> which i think we all hit it off real real quick like i mean i really didn't <clears throat> need to spend a whole lot of time on this matter of fact yeah there wasn't but, anything weird no and then we kind of said hey we'll see you in about a month you pretty you're, much you're playing <laughs> if, if you've got the balls to step up you know and, and do it because Naked Karate Girls is not an easy gig. No, it's not. And, and I actually, before we talk about me, even though it's my show and I do that all the time, I do want to get some history about Naked Karate Girls. How and when did it all start? Well, we are going into our 11th year. Wow. Which I still am just like, how can that be? That's badass, though. Yeah, it is. We're, we're, it's by hard work. I, I, there's not much luck anything there was not much luck that happened when they could cry to girls we just worked so hard at it and i think we were all all the guys in the band um were so at a place where we just didn't want to be dealing with any messing around anymore because we'd either been in part of part of that or part of wasting our time or other people wasting hours and i think we're all just at a place where we're just like either we're going to do it we're going to do it right in a way that we have a chance to be on another level or there's no reason to do it. Right. I get and that. That makes sense. The hard work is what's kept us around the, the attention to all the littlest details. Right. And I'm sure you, you've started to see that. Oh yeah, somewhat, for sure. There's, you know, the, it's all the little details that add up to make us different than other bands. Mm-hmm you know, the perception of us. And you still haven't, this is your first night of playing an actual live show. Mm-hmm. And it, it will, I'm sure it'll be somewhat different. It'll be fun to talk to you afterwards. As a matter of fact, yes. we, can, we can do this another time and see, you know, how you, how you felt about it afterwards. But Or, because I, I, I keep nothing from my listeners, I can talk about that at the intro of this. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. see? <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. That's the... Uh, the, the marvel the of technology. Yes, I was going to say the beauty of editing. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's um. So, how did it start? We. What was the initial? Let me rephrase the question. What was the initial concept behind it? The initial concept there were there were two. One, I was looking to do a band where I, <laughs> this is still something that's total money, and uh, if anybody steals this idea, I'm totally coming after you. But don't come this, after me. <laughs> maybe I'll just censor this part out. Yeah. I had a I had an idea for doing a band called the Kingsmen, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a it was going to be four musicians all dressed up as different El- Elvis era, different uh, era Elvises yeah. I guess whatever how are you talk say that, um, so there was going to be like the black leather Elvis, the white jumpsuit Elvis right you know the gold suit Elvis you know the all the different eras of Elvis that we all know right but it was going to be a band playing like hip hop and dance music. Oh, that would be cool. It would come out to like um, copyright Jimmy King, two thousand nineteen. That's right. <laughs> it would, it would, the band would come out to like uh, CC Rider, just the way Elvis did. Oh, nice! But then it would go straight into like uh, you know some serious dance music. And um, Glenn, the drummer, had this idea <clears throat> that wasn't the same idea, but it was the same sort of 
something that had a had costumes and a shtick to right. it. And right. um, which his idea was to do something more like uh, the Beastie Boys, um, a sabotage video. The oh, fake yeah, mustaches I, I yeah. and the slacks and all that kind of stuff. Well, to me, that that really was like the Barney Miller show. To me, uh, he, he was looking at that video, and I was looking at what Beastie Boy did, did was like they were looking at the old uh, Hawaii Five-0 videos and like the old Barney Miller show. Right, taking kind of taking that 70s typical, uh, stereotypical cop kind of vibe yeah. and cheesing it up. Yep. Gotcha. I mean, high, you know, the pants high up on the waist, yeah. <laughs> you know, short sleeve shirts and the fat ties. Yep. Fat tie is a, a very, very signature thing that you have to have in Naked Karate Girls to pull off the look. That is true. Yeah. So um, that so he, I, he was doing that. I was going to do this other thing, but he had already he already had like a guy who was singing and sort of the band together. But um, I found out that he was the, the bass player and guitar player weren't going to stay. They were just kind of getting the thing, helping him try to get it going. So he was a couple steps ahead of me. So I called him and just said, hey, I'm going to play play bass for you. And he's like, do you play bass? I'm like, no. <laughs> do you have a bass? No. <laughs> but I mean, I've been a drummer. I've been a guitar player. The only thing I haven't done is play bass. Right. And I, like, and I want the challenge because the challenge is what at that point, uh, you know, almost 11 years ago was just. You know, that was part of a big slice of the pie of why I wanted to do it. Right. That challenge, you know, of, you know, of doing something else I haven't done. Doing and, something different. Yeah. Pushing yourself. Yeah. Now, I'm originally a drummer. And to me, after playing bass now in Naked Credit Girls for almost 11 years, bass is a combination of playing drums and guitar. I would agree with that. That is, it's so much more of a rhythm instrument mm -hmm. to me. I mean, you've probably seen way i play i'm not playing a bunch of dig me licks up there no the money is where the kick drum is mm -hmm. and i i still don't consider myself to be a bass player but i can play with a kick drum better than almost anybody i've heard right as far as that goes and just having that <laughs> i may not be able to you know do all these other dig me licks and stuff <laughs> i like the term dig me licks though, yeah by the way I, dig me I licks dig is that. a that's an original but i, I no feel because like I'm, I'm stealing it that's right. You you can seal it. Can I, I seal I give that? you full permission. I'll give you a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can just have it. That's for all your hard work. That's oh. my extra. Uh, that's my bonus. Yeah, that's your bonus. Wait, you have been bonused. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like it's just my thing though. I I really get into that being able to play really strong with the kick drum. Right. And that is uh, that's my whole thing. That's what I'm I'm about. And I feel like you know if there's anything I've gotten solid on or a uh, level of mastery it's that nice which is why you were you were showing me some different stuff today that i was I was not playing it wrong i wasn't i was just playing it a way that you're not used to mm -hmm. and you're like no play it this way because i follow that pretty much no yeah no. and it made sense as soon as you said that i was like, oh perfect yeah. so i jotted it down and we rolled Unfortunately for you, I cue off of what the drums do. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I'll I'll be looking and you know I'll be oh I'm gonna get some mine. stink eye tonight. I know I'm gonna, <laughs> I know it's coming. Hey, if you if you don't see me looking at you, you know everything's perfect. Because <laughs> I is try. not gonna happen, my friend. <laughs> you know what we've been, you, we've been you doing guys long gave enough. me a mountain of shit. We it was a mountain of work, <laughs> and it took somebody who 
was at your level would that would even be you know willing to take that sort of challenge on no thank i appreciate that yeah. i'm not looking for a compliment to, but i but thank you i appreciate well, it i mean we've all been playing music all of our lives you know within five minutes of you starting to play with us you know a month ago it was we knew in five minutes whether it was going to work or not right we don't have to spend you know hours of no, going I, through that you yeah know? i, I get could tell that. in five minutes i could tell it was funny because um, there was that video clip that uh, Dave sent me of you. Right. And I still don't was, know which one he sent you. It, it was just one of you playing. It was some some video clip. And, um, and within like one second, I'm like, yeah, he'll do. And, so, <laughs> um, and what's funny about that is I showed, because um, we were talking about um, you know different musicians. And Glenn was like, you think you found a drummer? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And um, I showed him that clip. And he, like one second, he goes, oh, yeah, he'll do. We, we both are like exact. <laughs> We had the, the exact same reaction, but that's funny. You just, you know, you're, you're around music as, as long. I mean, I've been playing, you know, since I was 12 years old. Right? I, I, no, dude, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I've been playing since I was 13, and in my Louisville listeners know I've got this secret project that I never talk about. Um, but w- w- I was trying out guitar players, and I'd have a guy come in and. By the first chorus, I'm like, nope, you're done. Bye. See you later. It's yeah. just not going to work. And it's not personal. It's just business. You're not the right guy <laughs> for us. But the, the only reason I say that is because you know. Why I, are you I, laughing? Because I, I said the personal no, thing? No, 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 no. No, because it just reminded me of the first set of Naked Karate Girls auditions we did. And you said guitar players. Mm-hmm. And now, now, granted, I'd never I'd never played bass. Right. But I'm a drummer. Right. So I'm able to kind of just get along, you know, and... and and I really, um, we we scheduled six guitar players to come and audition for us in a day. Right. And it was one right after the other, and we would have them come in one door, and then go out another door. So the other guitar player should, could be coming in. Right. While the other one was leaving. Right. And it was so funny because there was this one old boy, and I, I say old boy with a lot of respect, um, that comes in and he had. Do you know the Steve? Steve Vai guitars. Yeah, the seven strings. The ones that have the handle in them. Yeah, the Ibanez seven strings. Yeah. Well, he had two that were those like chrome plated dipped guitars. Oh, he was fancy pants. Fan. It was real fancy. Okay. <laughs> now, and he pulls out two of those. Not one, two. Pulls out two of the chrome dipped, uh, or it's it's whatever it is. It's like the alien. You know, my bigger dick. <laughs> He sits those down, pulls out another couple three thousand dollar guitars, and I'm and we're already our eyes are like exploding, you know, right? Watching this because the bass that I was using was like a hundred dollar bass that was Glenn's. I didn't even, I didn't even have a bass, <laughs> and I'm playing through this little crap amp, and here this guy comes in. He's like, we're like either he's going to be like awesome and embarrass all of us, or it's going to be a real embarrassing situation for him. We start playing. And you could tell immediately the guy had never played with a band before. Bedroom shredder. Probably um, <laughs> bedroom shredder. That might be exactly. That's what it was. my gift to you. Right. It bedroom was bedroom shredder. shredder. Okay, and that would that means so many things to me. But this old boy. So we're 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 playing, and in about the first thirty seconds, I start going over. And he's got this, I, I couldn't tell you what kind of amp it was, right. but the, the covering on it would tell me that it's not cheap. Right. And so what I do is I do the old, I put my my foot up on, on the amp mm-hmm. and I start pelvic thrusting. <laughs> right. I mean, and my, my pelvic thrust is landing about an inch away from one of the chrome plated Steve I guitars. 
the 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 tip of the spear, so to speak, was was almost touching every with every pelvic thrust, and we're doing something like uh, gin and juice. Now, there's no guitar in gin and juice, right? Right. So we we specifically chose gin and juice to, just to see what a guitar player would do for a song that has no guitar. Right. And it was the funniest damn thing because Glenn's over there. I mean, face is turning red. And we're all, and, and I'm just like totally like dead serious. And I'm like right in this old boy's face. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm just going after it. And, and I haven't played bass more than like a, a, a couple hours myself. <laughs> you know, but like I said, I can get by just because I've been around music. It was so funny. Needless to say, he, he didn't really want to be in the band. Well, I would imagine not. <laughs> but I just wouldn't. Hey, Shanks. <laughs> when you said the thing about the auditions, I, I that really it was a, that's a funny moment in in our history. That first audition. Oh no, day. that's 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 what I call gold. Yeah, we did. I love shit like that. We did our our, uh, our final guitar player that came in. Though his name was Brian, and he ended up being the original guitar player for Naked Karate Girls, and still plays with us. Oh, nice. And, um, and he's just great. He just turned out to be awesome. Very and cool. He and I are, you know, brothers on stage for sure. Now let's um, clarify something. Glenn is not gone. Glenn, the original drummer. No, Glenn, there are two versions of the band. You could call. You could call it that for sure. We it's um we're able to do two separate shows. Right. As long as it's not two public shows. Right, like we wouldn't play it like, you know, uh, monkey monkey's bar and uh, you know, um, bananas bar, bananas bar, you know, a mile from apart from each other. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. that would make no sense. Yeah, zero sense. It would it would not be good good business to do, but we can do a a public show like tonight. The other version, the other guys, uh, which has Glenn, uh, Tim, um, guitar player Brian, and another bass player, my sub, whose Mm -hmm. name's Greg. Yep. They're playing at a place called Turfway. Uh, gotcha. It's a horse horse track, and we're doing a corporate show. My version is doing a corporate private event with you. Yep. And we have Aaron and Tyler, who and us four guys are making another Naked Karate Girls. Yep. Now how we did that though is it's not some it's not some weak little decision. We had to invest in the same exact gear yep. two times. Well, and that's before you finish. That's why I wanted you to talk about it because I think oh, yeah. it's fucking badass. I think what you've done is not only badass, it's kind of genius. And I think more bands should look at, they should look at what we do way more business-like and they just don't. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on. No. Um, I'm going to take a lot of the credit for it because this was my <laughs> baby. <laughs> This was me. I I took the guys out like politicians. I love I took, you for that. I took them. I took Tim <laughs> and Glenn both out, and I said, "Guys, I said, I turned down twenty one corporate shows this year. Twenty one. I turned them down, that's a lot. and that's twenty one shows that other bands got mm-hmm. that we didn't get. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to write down a number on a piece of paper, and this is the number that you made." And then I have another number. This is the m- number you would have made for playing the exact same shows. Right. Well, the other number looks quite a bit better, especially when you write it down on a piece of paper. Literally. So, and they were both like, well, you know, you're kind of getting away from the quality of the... And I'm like, just let me, let me try. <laughs> let me try. Right. If it fails, it fails. And the people will let us know real quick if it's yeah. not working. But we invested in a whole separate set of gear. Mm-hmm. So when we go, we have two trailers and you can back up to either trailer and pull them out and they have the same exact gear. 
Right. Same exact amps, same drums, all the same stuff. So when the show gets set up, it's the exact same show. It's the exact same stage show. Yep. And it, and it will have two core members. Now, core member is myself, Glenn, Tim, guitar player, and be Aaron or, or Brian. Right. And we've had different guitar players through the years because... Uh, we just kind of turned guitar players to dust. <laughs> we played 194 shows last year. Right. And for, we just, you know, it's it's not that it's just guitar players, but it just so happens, you know. We that, know how they are. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so, I like to throw them under the bus, too. They <laughs> yeah. throw me under the bus whenever they get a chance. Well, sure. Believe me. So we just, um, quality of what the show is, is very important. And if we couldn't pull it off to where it was a real Naked Karate Girls experience, right. we couldn't do it. But we've had a lot of success with it and been able to add on an additional 20 to 25 shows a year right. that we don't have to say no to. Right. And that's a that's a big deal. It's a real big it deal. is. And it's, and it's also a smart business thing because, like I said a few minutes ago, and I've talked about it on past episodes several times, I just don't think doing what we do call it covers, call it tribute, whatever you want. Um, doing what we do, I don't think enough people look at it as a business. They just want to go out and play and maybe make a little bit of money and get a little drunk or do whatever they want to, and I hate that shit. I want to do it for a business. I've been, dude, I've been playing drums for 30 years, mm-hmm. and I live, eat, sleep, breathe shit drums. But going to jam for the hell of it, I'm not into that anymore. It's got to be a purpose for me. Does that make sense? I, oh, absolutely. And I think p- too many people want to just go, quote, jam. Hey, let's go jam and we'll make some cash or something. No, fuck that. Go make a business out of it. There's money out there to be had. Go get it. It's not hard. I mean, it's hard work, but I'm just saying the concept of it is not hard. You just have to do it. Yeah, the. Um, I mean, every now and then I do get a chance to just play for fun. Mm-hmm. And it's just really neat feeling. Because uh, just recently I, I did this little little recording thing. And I'm like, afterwards I realized that's the first time I've kind of jammed for fun. Right. In years. Right. A long time. So it was, um, you know, there, it is cool. But at the same same time, if I'm going to go out and play live, I need to make a certain amount. That's that's what I'm getting money. at. And yeah. it, it, because I am my business at the end of the day. Yeah. And as you said, you know, there's people out there who want good bands. I mean, the whole music industry wants great bands. They don't they don't want to have bands that aren't bringing people. Right. They don't want to have bands that aren't really exciting and fun for their and uh, bars or whatever it may be. Whatever their client is, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's a private event, private events want great bands that can make it fun and make a big party environment for people that they won't forget absolutely in the the majority of the corporate stuff that i've ever booked and i'm i'm probably getting ahead of myself but what i've noticed downstairs after their corporate stuff is done and after their business stuff is done they want to quote party they want to forget about the last four hours they just want to have a good time and if you don't have the right entertainment you're not going to do it well the other thing goes along with it they've put a lot of money Oh, into for sure. partying for sure. They're, they want to make um, an environment for their event that everybody can remember. Mm-hmm. I say I, they, I specifically say remember because they want people talking about that when they come to work the next week. Oh yeah. Oh my god! You know we had su- that that thing we Water did. And, talk. You know we're doing limbo out there. We've never done that before. Naked Karate Girls 
if we have one thing that that is really like a, a top part of our business is that we can play these private events and within a very short period of time we get people up and part of the event and it's very interactive right we don't let people get away with just sitting around out there right i mean i'm not going to be made to look bad by a bunch of people who think they're going to sit up there and talk about tennis or whatever the <laughs> hell it is that they're talking about that they can talk about on any normal day right this is it is time for this party to happen and don't mess with us getting rehired or right or make us look bad and, and don't be afraid to have some fun that's it i mean comes down to it we need we, we that's our job is to try to make sure people have fun mm -hmm. my okay. job is to entertain people and if i'm not yeah. doing that i'm not doing my job i don't deserve to get paid well it's, it, i think that's probably a good thing good good way to say it i mean it is it is a big thing though that all bars want great bands yeah like i hear bands that they're, i mean uh, bars have said i wish we had five more naked karate girls we'd book we'd be booking them right but i mean lucky not, for you they don't yeah well I mean, they're not specifically saying they want another naked karate <laughs> no, no 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 i get they what you're saying band that'll work hard absolutely because the the level of marketing and the time that we put into our events and shows to make it something that's memorable is we just do it we work hard at it and they want all the bands that they're paying to work hard right as, well and as they should i also think yeah. though and, and this is probably a topic for another day i also think at least in louisville i can't speak for cincinnati i think some of the bars and some of the venues could do a little bit of a better job marketing you know mm -hmm. what i mean just say at least pat us on the ass and say hey they're coming yeah you know what i'm talking yeah. about and oh, i don't sure. i don't know how that is up here but in in louisville it's terrible it differs. you have some clubs it's just like anything some of them get it some of them don't yeah you know and I remember there was a place that we used to play, and I remember drive, we, I drove all the way over to the side of t other side of town on a Friday evening so I could get these posters put up before the weekend started. Right. Now, our show wasn't for another month, but I was out there. I'm out there putting them up like I normally do. I always put up our posters because I want to make sure they go up. Right. And I'm out there, and, and the owner comes out, and he goes, here, I'll take those. I'll, I'll put them up. And he started walking inside. I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? Uh, your posters all go out here. He goes, well, I'm not going to put them up now. I'm not. I'm not really worried about bringing people the night you all play. I need. I need other posters to kind of bring other people, and that really said a lot to me. Hmm. Said he wasn't worried about us bringing people, right? Because it's just a given, right? Right. We're just so awesome that doors <laughs> going to open and people just fly in every time. <laughs> And you know, that's not the case. No. We have to work at it every time. I mean, I remember me and Glenn, you know, we booked the band. And I remember us both years ago saying, as soon as we get booked a year out, we'll know that, you know, we can lighten up a little bit or we can feel more comfortable. Right. We get booked out a year. I don't feel any more comfortable <laughs> with bookings a year out than I, than I did with a month out. Right. You know, I'm never comfortable with where we are. I'm always trying to get to the next step, next step right. up. Well, and that's that constant push. I mean, you have yeah. to do it. If, if you want to be successful at anything, you want to be the next greatest widget maker, not only be, you better be damn good at making widgets, right. you got to figure out how to push yourself to that next level. A business like ours or a band like ours is a business first. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's we're not just going out there to jam and make make money and get drunk and you know and meet meet girls. Right. I'm out there to do a great job 
and get paid accordingly yep. for it. And that's I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's a business way way ahead of anything else. Right. And it has to be run like that. And anything else is, is just going to, as you know, is just going to be a... You know, a really shaky foundation. Yeah, well, a shaky work. foundation, and a and honestly, it's just going to be a shitty project. Product, uh, excuse me. Do you have a, you have your buddies who send you messages and say, "Hey, I got a new band I'm starting. What bars pay really good money?" Uh, of course, I do. What What's your answer? Go find them. I don't tell them. The answer is they all pay good money if you can make them money. Well, true. <laughs> now there there are a couple. In, the reason I answer that way is there are a couple in Louisville that will not cap over five or six hundred bucks. Okay. And I don't care about saying it on the show. They just won't. Right. No, I don't care who the hell you are. Now, if you're a regional band or a signed band or a former mm-hmm. signed band, there's some negotiation there. But any of us in the local scene, yeah, their, their cap stops at 500. Forget it. I think, I think there's, you know, but there is. You are correct. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You are correct. There are a lot that will pay well if you can perform right. well and right. bring people. And I've gotten that kind of money before. I mean, under you know, understanding what the bars are trying to do too. They're trying to keep their doors open, mm-hmm. and I get that from from a business to business standpoint. Um, they're they're all going to pay a band that's bringing in, you know, selling fifteen thousand dollars in you know alcohol a night. Oh, absolutely. So you that's know? part of our that's under our job umbrella. Sell yeah. liquor, right? And that's 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 something I I go back and forth. Even the guys in my band, if we're at a bar. There's not one thing more important to us being there than selling alcohol. Right. It's like, it's that's why they have us. If we're not selling alcohol, listen, if it's Led Zeppelin and us and the bar makes money with us and not Led Zeppelin, well, they might love Led Zeppelin and they might play there a couple times, but if they can't keep on playing there, Led Zeppelin can't keep on doing the gig if the bar doesn't make money. Right. Eventually, they're going to need us to come in and make money for them right. or whoever it is or if it's you know your band. No, I get it. Yeah, I mean, you're it's, you're 100 percent right. It's it's just numbers, you know. It all comes to everything comes down to numbers. Everything doesn't matter what yep. it is. Doesn't matter what you're dealing with or what business you're dealing with. It's all about numbers. Right. The bars can't lose money over and over and, and stay open. No. So. so at some point you have to sacrifice. I don't even. I wouldn't even sacrifice is the wrong word. At some point you have to give in to. What are you doing? Oh, look at you. You've you've totally gotten out of the shot. Well, that's because you're way fucking better looking than I am. <laughs> Why do you think I have a podcast, dude? I have a face for radio, brother. Um, oh, you're purposely trying to get out of the shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll get in. I don't care. Uh, no, it, it, it sacrifices the wrong word. At some point, you have to make the decision what's more important, doing the business work or being the next Dream Theater or the next Rush. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you can figure out a common ground or a middle ground and make both your creative side happy and your business side happy, then it's a win fucking win. Yeah. At least to me. That's that's kind of yeah. how I've always looked yeah. at it. Because I get people that ask me all the time, they're like, why don't you go back and play originals? And I go, the first six months I played covers, I made more money than I did in the 17 years I played originals. Mm-hmm. And I loved originals. Like, I would be in an original band right now, creatively, but LG&E wants their damn money. Yeah. That's my power company in Louisville, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Uh, no, I know you know. I have listeners in the UK. Holy monkey. I don't know why. I think it's because they like to hear me do my really shitty British accent. I don't think they like that. They hate it, which is why I fucking do it. (laughs) Um, But no, I think that has a... (laughs) Excuse me. I think it has a lot... They don't like that. No, they hate it. That's why I do it. It's like me trying to do a Scottish. 
And I'm, I don't do it because I'm so bad at it. Oh, I'm terrible. Well, one of the things on my show is, and I I know that you've seen the t-shirts. I say literally all the time. Uh-huh. One of my t-shirts says literally. And I just became a, it became my shtick for the show. Mm-hmm. And I Every now and then I'll go off on this really shitty rant in a really <laughs> shitty British accent and piss off a lot of people. And it makes me happy. Yeah. So where are you guys now as far as you went through this whole thing and then you did the whole, I don't want to call it splitting. We'll call it franchising yourself. It's a better way to say it. You, that you, is a good way to say it. You did that a couple of years ago, right? Two, three years ago? Yeah, about three years ago. We started in about three years ago and it's just gotten better and better and and now we're to a place where we're probably going to do more of these double shows right um this year than we we've ever done nice and it, and it's a good way to keep uh, obviously the money coming in but more importantly you're keeping the brand going because you're not having to turn anything down or it's, turn at least turn as much down you know it's like and turning down one one of these private events like we're doing tonight turning down that one is really turning down three to four events because every time we play one of these events, we get asked back. Gotcha. I shouldn't say every time. That's being a little bit, a uh, little bit much. But I would say eight to eight out of ten times we get asked to come back. Right. And uh, I, you know, I, I want to take as many of those opportunities as we can because for one, I mean, man, we're really good at doing these kind of events. Mm-hmm. We're really good at, at getting people up and getting making them part of the yeah, your, show. Your stage show and your, I mean, your whole live show, period, but your stage show is an experience. That's the way, I, I think that's the best word to describe you guys. You're a black, I saw you guys probably eight years ago and I'll never forget, I don't remember anything else. <laughs> I keep getting out of your shop, my bad. I don't remember anything else, but I remember the leaf blower with the toilet paper. Yes. And the leaf blower with the goldfish. And I remember I was with my wife. We weren't even married yet, but I was with my wife and I looked at her and I said, these guys are fucking geniuses. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you what you played. Couldn't tell. And it was at Phoenix Hill, the now gone Phoenix Pen- Hill. Yep. Couldn't yep. tell you what you played. Couldn't tell you how long you played. I just remember going, these dudes are fucking geniuses. Because you, you've seen enough of my videos and my work. Uh-huh. I'm real flashy and shit. Yep. Everybody goes, oh, you're just doing that because you're arrogant. No, I'm doing that because that fat dude at the bar on the other end of the room, I need to give him a reason to stand up. That's my job. All Everything done now at this stage of our game is needs to be a reason for it. Absolutely. Most likely, everything that you do has a real reason behind it. You're mm-hmm. probably not much of the seconds that you spend behind a drum kit where you're not performing in front of a crowd where everything doesn't have a reason. It's like everything has a place. Right. When I put my hands up in the air, that's so the people in the back can see something. Yeah, absolutely. When there's a blower blowing a girl's skirt up over her head, well, that's so well, for, so I can see it, first of all, um, which keeps me entertained, which uh, I'm most, when I'm punch, you know, I'm most, uh, you know, it's all about me. But when it's just Jimmy, you know, the, the idea is that it's a visual fun thing. And yes, we're going to piss people off. There's going to be the situation where somebody gets their, gets, you know, gets their, uh, gets a little bit hurt. They get, their little, they get their little feelings hurt. But at the same time, it is a band called naked karate girls. So okay? true. It's not Phil dirt and the bulldozers. <laughs> you know, it's called naked karate girls. And there should be a little bit of an idea like, Hey, you know, this isn't just the typical, you know, I love rock and roll band. It's, we're going to be doing different things. And fair enough. Yes, we even developed one blower that had a curved end on it. 
which made it easier to when the blower went down under a girl's dress that it would blow up better. And the the perfect dress of all dresses is the little sundress. The one that oh, yeah, comes down to they about don't weigh the shit. Yeah, they're, they're really light and they come down to about the knee and the well see one thing we had too for a long time was a party pole we had our own party pole and it was a stripper pole of course but we called it a party pole i was gonna say aka stripper pole yes (laughs) we called it yeah we called it the party pole just it sound a little better and it had its own it had its own facebook page and everything for a while (laughs) so this had its own base which was about i don't know 16 inches tall right and then the the pole itself went down the middle of it and it was about four by four, a four by four square. Right. And, um, and when girls would get on that, well, it was a perfect opportunity for the leaf blower to go under the sundress. Uh If it was, if the stars aligned, if it was one of those really light material sundresses (laughs) and I, and I could get the, the, the positioning of, and I was like a surgeon with that thing. I knew exactly how to do it. And the, the blower we had was like, it was so awesome that as soon as you turned it on, it was like an immediate bu- a burst of yeah. air. It didn't take like a didn't, Yeah, it didn't have up. to ramp up. Yeah. It was like immediate on. Oh, there was, yeah. There was a lot of times when most most people got it and it was, you know, it was fun. And it and, was funny, yeah. But every now and then, boy, you'd get somebody as hot about it. <laughs> you had to take your lumps every now and then. <laughs> But more often than not, it, people find it funny. That's that's the idea. So bef- we're not ending ending because um, I have to do something else in a second. But give me some, give me something where somebody just really laid into your ass because you pissed them off. Well, I had to I go know to, you got a good one. I, I'll go. There's only one that really sticks out immediately, and that's when I had to go to court. No shit. Yeah, I actually got. Um, I had to go to court because I had bl- a girl got <laughs> girl gets on stage. She's got two beers in hands, running across and dancing very, I mean, she was cute, and she had a little skirt on, and she's, I mean, not like we pull, we never pull people up on stage. Right. But this girl just invited herself up, herself up onto where we work, our stage. She's dancing around. I naturally, and, you know, it would have been a, a shame to everybody else if I didn't do this at some point, was I grabbed the blower and blew her skirt up. Skirt goes up, and um, she didn't get upset. She had a friend though that was in the front row, mm-hmm. and her friend just like lost her mind, and was after the show still going on and on, yelling. She calls the cops. The cops come and basically meet me right after the show. No shit. Yeah, I come off stage to basically two cops. Not arresting me, but taking me outside to have little little special speaks with me. Little special speaks. This is it. Yeah, and <laughs> I like and that. They want to know my, know what happened, my side of the story. They take a whole report, and I get cited no for shit. like pub, uh, pub, public indecency or something. It wasn't public indecency, but it was like inciting riot or uh, public <laughs> something. I mean, it was actually pretty provocative compared to what it was, but you could tell the girl on stage was just at that point kind of going along with it mm-hmm. because she kind of felt like she had to. Right. Anyway, long, I'll try to shorten this No, up. you're fine. I'm looking at my battery, dude. That's yeah. what I keep looking at because I'm dumb. Yeah. I'll tell you straight up, I'm fucking dumb and I forget to change batteries, but we're good. I 
Do not shorten anything, sir. I'm you. I'm hooked. I want to know how this plays out. So, like a week later, I have to, and this is in uh, Columbus, and I live in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. I have to drive all the way back up there to Columbus to be there for this court date, and um, I go in, and luckily, um, one of our, our guys on stage, uh, Tyler, had taken photos. He was taking photos of this girl up on stage, which showed her with two beers dancing around right. all prior. And somehow the timing of it and how he got these photos was just amazing. He saw and, the writing on the wall. Hey, just in case. So <laughs> I had a folder full of eight by tens. Right. So I come in. I'm, I don't have any representation, but she has a lawyer. This girl, I mean, she's like seriously running up the flagpole. So I go in and the lawyer says, hey, uh, you know, I'm her lawyer, whoever it was. And he said, come, come on in this con- consultation room. And I go in. He says, all right. So the girl says, you did this. And, you know, you blew her skirt up in front of the whole crowd of people. She's like totally embarrassed and all this. And while he's, da- while he's doing this, and this is a page right out of my drummer's handbook. Um, if in, in this, we can go into many more stories about it, but as he's talking, I'm looking right at him in the eye, but I'm opening up this folder and I'm just slowly placing uh, photos yes. out across, all around the table. Yes. And he's still talking to me and doesn't really even notice what I'm doing until finally his eyes, eyes are like, what are you doing? And he looks and sees a whole table full of pictures, eight by 10 color, high definition <laughs> Um, you know, 10, 12 megapixel photos (laughs) on the table of her with beers in hand dancing around the stage. And he just stops talking and starts laughing. He goes, he goes, can I I take these? And he went and basically talked to the judge and the judge was like, we're done here. And he comes down and he goes, goes, you can go. (laughs) And so, so I did, but it was one of those, it was one of those times though, you know, it's not that I'm, I don't think there's a situation where the girl on stage was really that bothered. It was her friend who made this big deal about uh, it. Yeah, her friend getting in her ear, and then by the time yeah. she got to court, she had believed all the bullshit her friend was telling her. But yeah. at that point, you know, I mean, I kind of was at a place where I'm like, you know, man, it's just, I don't, how many more trips to, up to Columbus do I really want to do? And um, so we sort of kind of kind of phase that out. Right. You know, if it is upsetting anybody, that's not what we're there for. We're there to have a good time. And, right. You know, party with people. And if that took it a little bit too far. I mean, I, then, you know, it was probably time to give it a. No, fa- I mean, fair enough. But stop. it's it's also awesome that you were able to go. Mm, it's not really how it happened. Yeah. Oh, it <laughs> Without was. actually saying that's yeah. not really how it happened. Yeah. And the lawyer, you could tell he was really ramping up to kind of. Put make me uh, put a little fear in me. Put the boots to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but all the while, I didn't I didn't take my eyes off him. not one time. That's awesome. I just like a deck of cards. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just dealing dealing out these I've photos. Done, I've done uh, nothing near <laughs> cool that cool, but I've done the same thing when somebody's looking at me. I'm just spreading papers out and thinking, what the yeah. fuck? They look, when they finally notice, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. We have I mean, we have so many different uh, stories about things like that. But that my drummer Glenn, he did that one time when um, a place was saying that we didn't get food part of our contract. Mm-hmm. And Glenn's <laughs> listening to him going, "Oh yeah, really?" And and all the time he's just pulling the contract out and like somehow he magically was able his finger went right to the line in the contract that said we in fact do get fed. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you had asked me. Um, before we get out of here, um, that 
I have to talk to somebody else. And I'm a little nervous about this. <laughs> but before we do, uh, I want to say thank you for the gig. And thank you for the opportunity. It's going to be a lot of fun. Rehearsal today was cool. My anxiety is finally gone. I have shit 47 small countries with <laughs> overpopulation problems. I don't believe it. Sweating this. Oh, no, dude. There's a few days I was like, oh, what the fuck did I do? Why did I say yes? It's too hard. You have a mountain of shit, sir. What you guys have done, and I'm leading up to a compliment. Bear with me. What you guys have done with this is really badass because <laughs> not only have you built an awesome stage show, but you have built an audible nonstop party. And I don't necessarily like the word party in its normal context, but with what you guys do, it's perfect. And an audible nonstop party is what you guys have done. And I had to learn all that shit. So on the one hand, well done. On the other hand, fuck off. That shit was hard. Hey, that's, <laughs> you just couldn't do it. Good. Good. Yeah. What? You just couldn't leave it out there. Just a, just a simple compliment. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Cause I you gotta, had to balance. I get it. I appreciate that. Listen, you coming up and, and I mean, the thanks is all to you because I mean, we were able to do this show, you know, now and uh, not have to cancel it or, or say no to it because you're able to do it. And well, we hope so. This will be the first, uh, you will see that once you do this, well, one, you put enough work into it or you don't, you won't want it to be one show. Plus it's a fun gig, man. I mean, oh, it is. it's a fun gig and you get to play and the, the only prerequisite for playing in our band other than just being able to play the songs confidently is that you're able to have fun. Oh yeah. And if you can't have fun, then you won't like this gig. And, um, but you will, you know, and it's just, that's part, that's part of why I think you're going to really dig it. No, I, I already dig it. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of funny. My, my friends were giving me shit, the close friends that I told about this, and they were like, why are you, I've never seen you nervous. What are you nervous about? Yeah. <laughs> and I said it completely arrogantly, and I'll say it on the show. I was like, because I don't fucking audition for shit. My phone rings, and I just show up. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of cool for me to say that arrogantly because it made me kind of reflect on what's going on in Louisville. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are doing the same shit, and they're not putting a lot of effort in their bands, including yeah. myself, my old band. Gas money, it's dead. Everybody knows it's dead, but may, maybe that was a, has a lot to do with why I got kind of complacent. Yeah, yeah, my phone rings, I just show up. It, yeah. It's not necessarily a testament to me being good. It's just a testament to kind of what's going on in Louisville. It's yeah. just kind of me. Nobody's putting in a whole lot of effort. There's a couple bands down there, don't get me wrong, but it's a general whole. There's not a, it's not, nobody's really putting in any effort. And then I get mm -hmm. your shit, and I'm going... Fuck me, this is gonna suck yeah. in a good way. Yeah, but it's gonna suck. It's good to be pushed. All of us, are, absolutely. You know, it's good to be pushed every now and then. Absolutely. I had rehearsal with my other band, uh, my secret project, the other night, and my guitar player looked at me and he said, "You, you get laid lately?" I went, "No, why? <laughs> I'm married, motherfucker." No. <laughs> and he, I said, "Why?" And he said, "You've always been good, but there's something really comfy about you today." And I went. Oh, it's probably the 47 hours I've been behind my drums. And he went, <laughs> yep, that's it. But even he yeah. noticed there was something different in my playing. So all jokes aside, no backhanded compliment. Thank you for everything, and thank you for pushing me. Because you have. You fucking should push me. It's brutal. I mean, it's it's And it's, it's cool. a good brutal. It's not a bad brutal. And, you know, on Earth, you know, us, whatever reason we're here on Earth at the same time, the one common bond that we have is that we play music. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and that's why 
it's in these situations, man, it's very cool to be able to do that with people, Mm -hmm. you know, play music together is if you think back about it, when we were, I I presume you started playing music when you're in high school or when you're, uh, you know, much younger, 30 years ago. Yeah. I was about 13, 12, 13, something like that. We weren't thinking of making money. Uh It was just this feeling of, man, I'm playing music with other people and there's nothing else in this entire world that is like that i mean i played baseball and i played football and i played whatever whatever else there was to do as a kid i did it right but there was nothing like making music and you're really i mean whether i'm sure it was awful i'm sure you know i'm sure what <laughs> well, i was my playing shit was brutal i'm oh, sure it was awful it's gross but it's still there's n- that feeling you have when you're playing music with other oh, people oh yeah there's nothing like it. No, there's not. And, and not, especially when it's reciprocated. And for that us makes to it still, even better. For, for you 30 years later to still be doing it on yet this other whole level. And, mm-hmm. you know, you are in you live in Louisville. I live in Cincinnati. The fact that we are able to do that, man, is a really cool thing when you really just back it down to a really simplified level. Well, a- absolutely. Because when you look at it from a simplistic level, in all reality, you don't know shit about me. I don't know shit about you on a, as a human. Yeah. Forget the musician part. Just yeah. as a human, I don't know anything about you, and you, and vice versa. But we have this bond, and we can, we we can sit here and talk for an hour. We we had dinner earlier. We had yeah. lunch earlier. We've been to, we've actually we've <clears throat> literally been together all day. Yeah. So I hear at like ten this morning or whatever. Right. And it's fine. There's nothing weird. There's no. It's just cool. Kind of. Eh. There's none of that. Yeah. And it's all because of music. It's a very very cool thing when you break it down like that. It is. So, Jimmy, I, you're leaving, and I'm stuck here. You're going to stick me with somebody. I'm a little <laughs> nervous. Um, so, this gentleman is, um, shall we call him Jimmy's alter ego? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. Not that far? <clears throat> I mean, you're referring to Ponch, who is the bass player for Naked Karate Girls. I am. Jimmy is. I have yet to meet Ponch, by the way. Yeah. Jimmy's the guy. Right, but Ponch is the actual bass player character who plays the Naked Karate Girls. Jimmy, as my drum drummer, will uh, made me very very aware of this recently. Nobody wants to see Jimmy shit on on stage. <laughs> they just want to see Ponch, and he he's very right. I mean, nobody would want to see you know my boring ass on stage. Ponch is a whole different whole different uh, whole different thing. So there's no reason to be ne- nervous about it though, but it's. Uh, so how did you come up with this? Okay, so there's many different ways <laughs> Ponch was created. For one, um, you know, we're in these costumes. Mm-hmm. And my character really was born out of some of those old 70s uh, shows, uh, Barney Miller, you know, Sanford and Son, uh, Hawaii Five-0, because I watched all that stuff. Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch for sure, definitely. So sort of this culmination of all those things um, and it, it just sort of organically just happened though. There was no real like, Oh, I'm going to do this or do that. Right. And then also, you know, there's, there's a responsibility that I have in the band to talk to the crowd as well. Right. And not too many bass players do that, you know, but it's been, it's become part of our band. Right. So with that, I mean, I don't like saying just a typical things lead singer saying I've been a lead singer my whole life. Right. And I was a drummer first, then a lead singer. And then I was a lead singer four years. So 
now that I decided to become a bass player, I didn't want to be the lead singer of this band because I've already done that. Right. I want to be the bass player. But I'm able to use those things where I talk to crowds. Those tools in your yeah. toolbox. I have a big tool belt full of stuff. <laughs> and when... I just had this picture of you in this suit with your fucking tool belt. Yeah. Please well, get a tool belt. It's a metaphorical <laughs> tool belt. No, I want you yeah. to get a real one. A real one. That yeah. would be awesome. Yes. It would have all my uh, stuff in it that I say in a, in a given night. And I just, um, you know, Ponch, for one, to, uh, Ponch is very arrogant. Mm. I mean, on stage, Ponch is, uh, you, you know, it's it's he's just very much about him. It's very arrogant. It's going to be a lot of unhappy women on a given <laughs> night because I can't be with all of them. I've already gone into first person now for me to really really pull it off I have to be in first person punch so there's gonna be a lot of unhappy ladies out there because I can't be with all of them I can be with a lot of them in any given night right Um, because you know it's but there's gonna be a lot of unhappy girls Um, so in any given night unfortunate it's it's very unfortunate for a lot of ladies out there but I'm still out there to make the ladies happy and if even they just get to look at me you know it's it's it's. It, I feel like I'm doing a, a great service. Well, I'm looking at you, and you're kind of cute. Kind of. You know, I'm not sure most women would think of me as cute, though. I mean, I'm extremely fuckable. That's what the ladies would really say if I had to ask them. So that's what the woman, women are really all about. About you being fuckable? Very, about you very, being yeah. not cute? Absolutely. I mean, my, my signature move <laughs> is to pelvic thrust. But everybody in the band has their own sort of move. And the other guys have their own sort of pelvic thrust too, because we do that specifically in a couple of songs. But the other guys pelvic thrust like, like they're little boys. I pelvic thrust <laughs> like I'm a porn star. And and if you're gonna do something, you do it right. You don't fiddle fuck around with the you know your pelvic thrusting. If you're gonna do something, you do it right. There's gotta be some some heat on that shit. Yeah, put my ass into it. Right. There's gotta be some heat coming out of that. I like the heat though. Yeah. Some, some heated ass. Now I won't. It won't happen at the corporate uh, private event, but um, you know most bar shows that were a kilt, and of course I'm Scottish, so there's gonna be nothing under it, and it drives girls crazy. Girls want to see and want to experience what's under the kilt. You know, there's, and it, it just, I can't make all the girls happy as much as I'd love to. That's a crime. I love fucking, all women. That's a crying shame. I love all women. The other guys, I don't know what they're all about. <laughs> I'm there to make the women happy. I play bass for one, which is just, you know, it's a four string panty shaker. <laughs> you know, the guitar player over there, he's got the six string boxer dropper. You know, <laughs> I mean, girls hate guitar <laughs> solos. We all know that. Guys, you got four guys in the back drinking PBR who are going to love those guitar solos. Hey, dog. But, hey, dog. But, you know, the women, they they, they like the panty shaker. The four-string panty shaker. Yes. Panty yes. dropper, excuse me. Well, it's it, either one. Depending on what time of night it, the night it is. That's yeah. true. They're going to shake first, and then they're probably going to start dropping. It's like a little thing I always say. Girls, you know, they look a little bit tired. I can always say, hey, girls. You look like you do. You could use a little downtime. <laughs> Panties downtime. <laughs> I'm never so, ever calling you Jimmy Lee King. You're Jimmy Ponch King. Yeah, like I said, Jimmy Lee King would never get away with what Ponch does. I mean, I love it, yeah. dude. You're awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, thank you. And when I do the intro and outro, I will tell you. I will tell my listeners if I fuck this gig up or not. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> it is going to be fine. We've been playing music all of our lives. We can't get through one little gig. This is true. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'll see you on stage in about, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes. Yeah. That's it. Sweet. See awesome. You. Thank you. Hey, guys. This is Steve Owens from Fascination Street Podcast here with a very important message. I'm awesome. I bet you thought I was going to say something else, but nope. What's important here is that I am awesome. I have a podcast called Fascination Street, and it allows me to bring to my listeners some of the most fascinating stories and guests. I started this show because I truly believe that everybody has a story, and I'm fascinated to hear those stories. In the short time I've been doing this show, I've interviewed actors, directors, writers, inventors, podcasters, musicians, pro athletes, Olympic athletes, actual war heroes, even a Bond girl and a luthier, whatever the hell that is, and of course, regular people. From people who wanted to be stars but never gave it a real try, to big company CEOs and people who got to meet their favorite president. I love getting to meet and speak with people who have a story to tell. I feel like everyone does, and it's my job to get them to tell it. You never know who my next guest will be. An Academy Award-winning actor, a platinum-selling musician, or your own mother-in-law. But one thing is for certain, you will be fascinated by their story. So come take a walk with me down Fascination Street. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, FascinationStreetPod.com. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it, at least a few laughs. I know I laughed my ass off. Jimmy is a funny dude, and Ponch is even more funny. That He's fucking out there. I love it. I love everything those guys have done. And since you made it to the end of the episode, I made it through the gig very well. Had a few hiccups on stage. Nothing that anybody in the crowd caught. Jimmy caught them. Uh, the guitar player Aaron caught him, which, by the way, Aaron and Tyler were fucking badass. Those guys are awesome. Uh, Aaron's a hell of a guitar player. Tyler's a hell of a singer, hell of a front man. Uh, the show went off great, but the the mistakes I made were were simple. It might have been a little bit of over-preparedness. It might have been a little bit of uh, being jacked up and amped up because uh, the crowd was into it, and uh, there was a really, really cool moment where we were doing this one song, uh, it's a hip-hop song, or a dance song, whatever you want to call it, called Ride the Train. And Jimmy never told me that at one point during the song, the band goes out through the crowd and does a train. It, nobody warned me. Not that I would ever stop playing, because I would never do that, but I kept playing that groove for what seemed like a fucking eternity. So, Jimmy, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I will hopefully be doing more gigs with them. Uh, I really appreciated the opportunity. Thanks again, Mr. Moody. Uh, but more importantly, I, it was cool that I challenged myself. It was cool that those guys gave me a shot. It was cool that we gelled as well as we did on stage. I thought the show went great. It could have been better, but everything can always be better. Uh, that's just the nature of us being musicians. We are always our own worst critics. So that's it. I, uh, I'm out of here. I've got some more shit I have to go prepare for that, again, unfortunately for you bastards, I can't tell you. But I got some really cool shit cooking, uh, and I cannot wait to announce it. And 
now that I am free to talk about Naked Karate Girls, when I have another show with them, I will let you guys know if it's a public show or a private show, but I will still tell you either way. Uh, and like I said, make sure you check out the show notes. Keep track of them. Keep up with them. Check out what they're doing. They've got a really, really cool thing. I think on their website, if I'm not mistaken, they have a promo video. kind of gives you a, a glimpse into what the band's about. It's a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. They're awesome dudes. Uh, I think not only did I get a really cool gig that I can do here and there, but I also made some new friends. They're great guys, great musicians. So make sure you support them. Make sure you check them out. Keep supporting local music. And uh, that's it. I'm out of here. Check out my sponsors. And as I say at the end of every episode, literally, go do some shit. Seriously. Get the fuck out of here. Beat it. Go do something. Go check out the Naked Karate Girls. Go start a band. Go practice. Go practice some more. It so did me some good to fucking practice. It was amazing. Just go practice. Go practice. Go practice. 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 So you can't practice anymore. Get better at your instruments. Start a business. Do something. Do anything you want to. Just go do some shit. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.